Jesus says, a little while and you will see me no longer. And again, a little while and you will see me. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our text this morning from St. John takes place in the upper room at the Last Supper. The day before Jesus was arrested and crucified. And is part of his final discourse to his disciples. Just prior to our text, Jesus makes clear that it is time for his departure to the Father. Then... Jesus makes a statement that seems cryptic. A little while, and you will see me no longer. And again, a little while, and you will see me. What does Jesus mean by that? The disciples, they are clueless. St. John writes, So the disciples were saying, What does he mean by a little while? Why do we know? We do not know what he is talking about. The disciples, they will see Jesus. See him in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he is accused, arrested, and taken away by a band of soldiers and officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees. And then the disciples will be scattered. Then they will not see him. His body, like all dead bodies, will go into the ground. Then they will see him. His body will not be held in the grave. The bonds of death will be broken. The living Lord will come to these disciples and other disciples of His, and He will eat and drink with them. And anyone knows that neither a dead body or a spirit can eat food and drink wine. But Jesus will. After three days, they will see him again. Death has no hold. But the disciples, they really should have known this. It has not been hidden from them. In fact, from the moment of Jesus' baptism in the Jordan River by John the Baptist, they should have known He was the Christ promised by the prophets to save sinners. They should have known that when John the Baptist pointed at Jesus and said to him, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, that Jesus was bearing the sin of every sinner of all generations. And for that, he would Go to death. They should have known that as they saw Jesus cleansing lepers, healing the lame, 
and restoring eyes, that he was in fact the creator of all life, and that death therefore would not hold him. They should have known of the coming death on the cross and the resurrection which would follow on the third day because of what they had seen with their own eyes from the day when John baptized him up until now. But even if they hadn't known because of what they'd seen with their own eyes as he healed the sick, cast out demons, and spoke forgiveness to the sinner, they should have known because the word of promise spoken by the Lord throughout all generations. The promise to Adam and Eve of the one who would crush Satan's head The promise to Abraham of a descendant who would bless all nations. The promise spoken through Moses of one who would be the true prophet of Yahweh. The promise through David of a descendant who would gather all the peoples of Israel, the church, and everlasting kingdom. You see, it has always been there, the promise. In dark times of despair, in times of suffering, in times of fear, there has always been the promise. Despair, despair has us looking at the hopelessness we see around us and looking back to what brought us to this despairing place. Suffering, suffering has us looking at the sickness or the affliction or the persecution which causes us to suffer and looking back at what we did to allow it to come to this, or what others have done to bring us to this suffering. Fear. Fear has us dwelling at what can harm us, but we, we have no control over. The disciples of Jesus would know this despair, suffering, and fear. They would know of their Lord's arrest and what awaits him. Truly, truly, I say to you, said Jesus, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful. But Jesus doesn't leave them in this despair and suffering. He doesn't leave them looking at everything around them causing fear, nor looking back at things that they can't fix. No, 
Jesus here, Jesus directs them forward. He doesn't deny anything of the present suffering, but he speaks of that which is to come. You see, Jesus speaks the promise. You will be sorrowful, said Jesus, but your sorrow will turn into joy. There will be joy. It is an anticipation of what the disciples do not have as Jesus was being crucified, but what they will have on the third day. For the disciples, it was the promise that after the crucifixion, there would be the resurrection. After the sin had been atoned for, the victory will be sealed and made known by the defeat of death. For us, it is the promise that even in the midst of suffering, we must know that the sorrow will be turned to joy. Even in this present age of persecution of the church and of the affliction of the Christians, afflictions which may come as temptations, as injustices, as sickness and weakness, as failures, even in the affliction, dear people, we have the promise. So by the promise, we belong to tomorrow. By the promise, the death around us does not have the final victory. You see, the final victory belongs to life. As Jesus specifically describes in our text this morning, the promise is like a woman giving birth. Jesus says, in the giving of birth, it is sorrow, pain, and anguish. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for the sorrow has been brought into the joy of new life. So, yes, we do have sorrow at times. But Jesus says, even though we have sorrow, he will see us again. And we will rejoice, and no one will take our joy from us. The life we live now, then, is every day pregnant with the life we will have in the resurrection into eternity. But now, we are in the days of tribulation. We do have our own inner sufferings and distresses, our own internal doubts and fears, but, but this is the pain 
of a woman in labor awaiting the joy of the new day of the birth. It will, in our daily life, not be all tribulation and pain. When given good days, days of peace and joy, days of our health and strength, then one has much to give thanks. But, but in days of sorrow, one's doubt is swallowed up in faith. For the days of tribulation are bringing us to the day of the fulfilled promise, the day of joy, the birth unto eternal life. In that day, the day of resurrection, we will see Jesus in the flesh. We will see him with our own very eyes, face to face. We will see him then with no tear in our eye, no lament on our tongue. We will see him with the fullness of joy of a mother having given birth. It is the joy we await to see in the flesh, but which we now rejoice as Jesus comes to us in his word. In his word, His word of gospel, his word of promise, he is purifying us of that stench of death. He is cleansing us of all sin, binding us to himself and to one another in the promise of the resurrection of the body. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. And your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.